We have spent together three beautiful days. We heard the Vritaita, Divayir Shamayim, beautiful and helpful suggestions in order to take something home with us, Bezer Hashem. And the Bezer Zangazunt was Mechabed me. It's more than twice a million times to say the last word which he writes up as the Neila. I... Uh, I think many of you sitting here for the first time that you spent, we spent together these wonderful days and we're excited and I would like to share my feelings that I'm as excited and maybe as nervous in the fact that I have to say the last word as I was the first time. And I'm always reminded, Yom Kippur Nila. There's a famous story by Gedaliah Hasidim. I don't know on whom the story is told, that the Hasidim of one of the great Rebbes wanted to test whether their feeling, their excitement for Shabbos Kodesh was real, or was it just a as if, as you said, they talked themselves into it. They convinced themselves of the feelings of Shabbos. And the story goes that once in the middle of the week, they got together and they made all preparations of Shabbos. They went to the mikveh and they the kavonis. And at night they fell to Dusha Shabbos. And they were mamish broken hearted. In other words, the whole thing is imagination. And they went to the Rebbe and they told the Rebbe, we felt Kedusha Shabbos. And the Rebbe told them that when you, you can create Kedusha Shabbos during the week. I don't take responsibility for the story. But I think many of us feel that we created Yom Kippur, all of us together. And maybe now we feel that there is some kind of an ilah. Kodesh Baruch should help me that I should say what should be said in these holy and wonderful moments. I would like to start off by special request of many of the participants. Lel Shabbos, I quoted extremely beautiful, an extremely beautiful quotation, extremely beautiful language from the Sefer Yitzhidah and many of the people here asked me to repeat it in order to remember it. I'm going to quote the quotation and Leil Shabbos I excuse myself a thousand times for taking the audacity to quote such a quotation in public. And I said because it was Leil Shabbos it's a very special holy time. And there are certain different Torah which by custom are learned only on El Shabbos. And I think that I can say that I have the permission to requote this quotation in these holy moments of Nida. Many of us have a Yom Kippur. And I requote the quotation and I will explain it as I explained it Lel Shabbos. And I will, Bezer Hashem, continue with a new explanation inappropriate to our goodbye to these three wonderful days. The quotation is as follows. The Sefer Yitzhira is a famous Sefer written according to tradition by, by Avraham Avinu 
The Tzadik HaKoyin says that really the Bekimi wrote it. It was the Divrei Torah of Ramazim. But Akopon and Sefi Yitziri is from their earliest Sifrei Kabbalah. And surely the Divrei Torah is Miyuchus Tavramazim. And the Mishnah says as follows. Now I'm going to quote the Mishnah again. And I think there may be some new people here. I must ask you to please hold on. The words itself, as beautiful as they may, might sound, but they need explanation. I'm going to explain the words. Surely not what the words were meant where they were said. But for us to take a certain amount of appreciation and to bring these ideas into our lives. The words start off with words of Kabbalah, which we don't really know what they are. It starts off, Eses Fides Belimo. Eses Fides refers to the dark Hanhog of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ways and drachim that he runs his world. The Chesed Hashem, the Gvuras Hashem, the Teferis of Hashem, the Hoid of Hashem. Belimo, which we have absolutely no idea and no grasp of really grasping them. And of course, it's not for us to discuss this subject. And it continues with these words. Tzipiyosom kemare habozok. There, Tzipiyo, when you look at something very far away, with a yearning, with an inspiration. Tzipiyosom kemare habozok. Their outlook, that Tzipiyo, is like the lightning. Vitachlisom Elohim Kates. And their end is boundless. Metachlisam Elohim Kates. Their end is absolutely boundless. Udvoray Bohem Barotsay Vishoyv. And his words within them are back and forth. Lemamoroy Kesufa Yerdoifu. To his speech, they run like a storm. They pursue like a storm. Sufa is a storm, a hurricane. And when they reach his throne, they bow. Now I'm going in very short words, repeat as I had explained, Lel Shabbos, somewhat of an inspiration for us in these beautiful words. He starts off by saying, Tzipiyosom kemare habozok. The Tzipiyo means the far away outlook inspirations. And all of us have Tzipiyos. All of us wish for greatness. There's none of us here that wouldn't be willing to accept and upon ourselves true greatness if we can get it as a present from heaven. As is said very famously by Yiddish people, Everybody wants to become like the in one night, but he wants to make sure he sleeps, has, has at least some hours to sleep also the night. And we're willing, maybe to go one sleepless night, to become the Vilnagoyim. We have Tzipiyas. But we throw away our Tzipiyas because they're too vast for us, they're too great for us. Because you cannot become the Vilnagoyim in one night. Because in order to become the Vilna Goyen, you have to dedicate a lifetime of the Vilna Goyen. And it tells us a wonderful insight. That if you have a tzipiyah, if you have a hope, a faraway hope, and you can't grasp it with all its greatness, Kemari Habozok, catch a lightning of it. If you realize that saying... A lot of Tehillim is greatness. Say a capital Tehillim. It's a lightning of greatness. If you realize learning a lot of Torah is greatness, learn a little Torah when you can. It's a lightning of greatness. If you realize that if you would never speak Russian horror in your life, then you would be a truly great person, then cut short the conversation even once, twice. A lightning of greatness. Because if the sun is great, 
then the lightning is also a lightning of greatness. And this is the first very important message. Your tzipiyah should be kemari habozok, should be lightnings. But don't throw away your tzipiyahs because they're too great and too vast for, for you. And this is something very important to many of us and maybe very important to us after the three wonderful days. I think that Abizriel Zaygezunt gave us these three days a sunlight. And I don't know how many of us will be able to take the sun with us home and how long to keep it up. But let us make sure that we remain with lightnings. A lightning, a second, a moment of light can give you a direction. And the next step was and their end has no boundary. In other words, just like we give up greatness because it's too great, we give up mitzvahs because they're too little, they're too small. By HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like there is nothing too great for Hashem, there is nothing too small for Hashem. There is nothing too trifle for Hashem to worry about. If we think for a moment what trifle, unimportant pieces, a little pieces of satisfaction, of happiness we have in our lives, little decorations in our clothes, little decorations in our cars, we pass by, we drive, the view is, is so many little decorations which are not earth-shattering for us. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes sure that the most smallest, the most trifle, very famous, very famous word that people say, when Yosef HaTzadik was taken away from Yankif Avinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sure that, that, that he was captured by people who were selling delicious pasami. At least, at least the smell, he should have, it should be a good smell. HaKadosh Baruch Hu worries about the most simple, the most trifle thing. And the same as us. There shouldn't be anything too great for us. And if you can't grasp it, get a lightning of it. And don't have anything too small for you. If it's a mitzvah, if it's a chesed, a posik, a little tefillah, help somebody. Even a chesed, that when after 120 years, they're not going to announce it at your funeral. He did this and this. Not earth shattering. And then he continues and says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts his words within them back and forth. And this is a very interesting motion. That the Malachim have, as it says in Pasik, Bachayes, Rotsoy, Vishoyev, Kamari, Habozik, they jump back and forth. And the Vulnagoyan says, This is the secret of the existence of the world. Many times we have wonderful inspirations and we jump. The angels also jump for the light, for the greatness, to appreciate as they can the lightning of the beauty of Akadosh Baruch. And all of a sudden they lose it and they fall back. And they jump again, and they fall back, and they jump again, and they fall back. And the Goyen says, this is the secret of the existence of the world. And the reason is because the existence of the world is founded on a yearning and a cry to Hashem. If we would jump and appreciate Hashem's wonders, and Hashem's light, We'd go into Torah and to, and, to, and to appreciation and we'd stay there and become comfortable and go into absolute enjoyment. Then we'd lose our existence. Our existence must be founded on yearning. So what does Hashem do? Hashem gives us light and we jump. Hashem gives us a good chavrusa. Hashem gives us a good appreciation. Hashem gives us a good neighbor. Hashem gives us a good insight and all of a sudden takes it away. And don't become discouraged. Hashem took it away 
So you should fall back to jump again. And we added, if you want not to fall back, don't become comfortable. Keep on yearning, keep on begging, keep on hoping for further. Because the reason why we fall back is because we become comfortable. And this is a very important foundation of our Avaita. I'm speaking at very short because everything was discussed there Shabbos at length. And then he says, And to his words they run like a storm. They pursue like a storm. In other words, be excited. Like a storm, be excited. The moment you become not excited, the moment it becomes... It becomes shigra, like I say in Hebrew. It becomes every day. Then it loses its impact. The last message, a beautiful message. That if you listen to these beautiful messages, and you pursue greatness, and you're worried about small, the most smallest trifle things. I once heard from a, a simple person. Excuse me for interrupting a middle parenthesis on the second point. Beautiful words from a simple person. He was once referring to somebody and he said these words. I can't forget it. Very simple, simple person. Not even a Bentayr, a Bentayr religious person. He says, you know that he is a great person because he knows how to take care of small things. That's what is an expression. It's part of greatness is to worry about trifles. Worry about somebody's feelings. And not only his feelings that he's fainting away. Not only his feelings that he's dying away because he's insulted. A little trifle. Worry about a little child's feelings. Our children aren't going to go wacky, Meshigya. I hope not. But worry about the feelings. And if you came through with these four wonderful things and you jumped for lightning and you worried about, this, about the most trifle, which means you didn't leave anything out, and you're always inspired and you're always excited and you finally reach the throne of Hashem, don't become gaivadik, don't become conceited. Fall on your face and realize that who are we and what are we. This was, in very short, what was discussed, Leil Shabbos. Now, Rabbi Sai, I would like to take these beautiful words and interpret them in a different meaning, a different understanding. And I would like now to start the subject of my discussion today, Bezer Hashem. The subject of the discussion I think is appropriate, should be something about Tisha B'Om. It's after Shabbos Chazayim, and we are in preparation. All of us started participating in preparation for Tisha B'Om. We're in the country and we can't swim, we can't listen to music, we can't do a lot of things which we want, and Kedai Hu Ben Worthy is Now I'm going to try to point out Rabbi Sai. How Tisha B'Av, as we know it's very famous that Tisha B'Av was called a Moyed, it's called a holiday. It's very famous that you don't say Tachna Tisha B'Av. Now when Jewish people celebrate, we don't celebrate on on happenings which don't, which aren't actually an Avrish and a Shamat which all of the existence of the Jewish people aren't really pending on it. For instance, when we have a Pesach, where would we be without a Pesach? If there wouldn't be a Pesach, we wouldn't be. The Jewish people would not be in existence. It would be in Mitzrayim. And therefore, Pesach is an absolute foundation of our existence, so we celebrate the Pesach. Let's continue to a Shavuot. Where would it be if there wouldn't be a Shavuot? And if Yosef said, 
That we be just like any other time they can, time they can hurry. There wouldn't be a Jewish people. So since Shavuos is a foundation of our very existence, we celebrate a Shavuos. If there wouldn't be a Sukkot, which emphasized our Kodesh Baruch Hu's love to us, Sukkot is the Chuppet, then we wouldn't be in existence. Because with all our various HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if He wouldn't love us, what is called the Ava She'eina Tluye Bedavar, in Hebrew it's called Eina Naim Lechoshik, a lover has no eyes, doesn't see fault. Sukkot is the day that emphasizes HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us and brings us into His protection. Ava She'eina Tluye Bedavar, therefore we celebrate Sukkot. Because our very existence is depending on Sukkot. The same is true of Rosh Hashanah. Chazal tell us if we wouldn't blow Shoifer, we wouldn't go through the year. The same is true with Yom Kippur. The same is true with Hanukkah. The same is true with Purim. Let's not elaborate. It's obvious as can be. Now I'd like to explain today, Bezer Hashem, that in line with these wonderful days is Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is a day that our very existence depends upon. If we would not have a Tisha B'Av, just like if we would not have a, a Pesach, we wouldn't have a Shavuos, we wouldn't have a Yom Kippur, we wouldn't have a Purim, we would lose our very existence. I would like to try to explain today, Bezer Hashem, how our very existence is pending on Tisha B'Av, and this is what I'm trying to explain today, Bezer Hashem. Kodesh Baruch Hu should help me, I should come through. Now, I think I will base the explanation on, I want to tell you a speech that I once said by Hashem Brochus. We're not sitting here by Hashem Brochus. I was once invited to speak by Hashem Brochus, and I posed the question. And the question I posed was as follows. It happened to be a Sheva Brochus, someone in my family. I don't want to be personal. I don't want to boast. But I'm afraid I'm going to be niksha a little bit in Gaiva. And I'll tell you how I wrote, wrote, pay, uh, posed the question. The question I posed was as follows. Rabbi Sai, we know that it says in Zohar HaKadosh that by happy occurrences, by weddings of children, the forefathers for previous generations to come and participate. That's the sentence of Kodesh, and it's very famous there. Now, the question I'd like to pose is, how many generations previously did they come to participate? And I started saying, I was Yichas, I'm an of the Nesivis, I'm an of the Masho, and I got to Rashi, and I got to Be'echad Mazak, and I got to David HaMelech. Now, I don't want to boast, it's not my fault. I got it all by a present. And I asked the question, I posed the question, how many generations previously did come to participate? My grandfather comes, my great-grandfather, my great How many generations does the Mashal come? I think there's people here, in the Chassam Seifer. We make class now with children, does the Chassam Seifer come? How many, does Rashi come, does Abichin and Mazaki come? I pose the question. I think it's a good question. And I answer it as follows. I think... I don't really know. I don't have a right. I think that as many generations previous to us that we keep in contact with, that's as many generations come to participate in our sentence. If we have any contact with the Marshals, Hashkofe, Torah, understanding, beauty of life, then he'll come to participate in my sentence. But if we lose contact with the marshal, if we lose contact with the chassam seifer, I'm not any the chassam seifer, but the material is. If we keep contact with the chassam seifer, then he, then, 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 then he comes. And this question, Rabbi Sai, I, this is a very obvious statement. Why are we called Bnei Avram Yitzchok V'Yankif? By Al by biology, we're just as much B'nai Terach. We have no shaykhs to Terach. 
We have no shachas to Terech's way of life, Terech's understanding. We have no shachas to anything Terech standard for. But we are Rachmonim, B'nai Rachmonim. We have shachas to Avram B'nus Chesed, and to Yitzchok's Avoid, and to Yankiv's Torah. We are B'nai Avram Yitzchok Yankiv. And it bothered me, Rabbi Sai, as I heard today, this afternoon, we all together, and we heard a beautiful insight. And it's not an insight, and it's not Hashkofer, but it's Teres Emes. How the Bazil explained to us how the Hariyat Mekudeshes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Hariyat Mekudeshes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on Har Sinai was actually a 4,000-year-old Maise Kedushin. Because really the Kedushin, the Hariyat Mekudeshes in Har Sinai, has a lot of shyness. I'm repeating the beautiful ideas we heard this afternoon. A lot of shyness. First of all, a minik, a minik gives an insight to a shvera shyness. If you persuade a woman to become your wife with a diamond ring and you shower upon her promises, she didn't get married to, the, to you, she got married to the ring. Second of all, she was forced. She was forced. Kofalim Harkegigis. And that's Allah Shulchan Aruch. That if Kofalim Harkegigis, if I take a woman, I say, either you're Mekudeshis to me or you're Shom Teikfuraschem, then she's not Mekudeshis. So the question that was raised was how is our Kedushin and our Keshin with the Kaddish Baruchu, which is such an essential part in the Torah? Great parts of the Torah describe this chasmah. The whole Shira Shirim, the whole Shvuis, the whole Sukkis. Here you have the Chupin, here you have the Kedushin. The Kedushin is possible. And the Terence was that the Kedushin of HaKadosh Baruch when our Chupin takes, if our Chupin, which has to create 70, 80 years of living together, can take 15 minutes, HaKadosh Baruch's Chupin, which has to create Endless, nitzchiyus, eternity can take 4,000 years. Can take 3,000 years. And the Kedusha started in the Harsinai. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu demonstrated His love to us and found us in the most ugly position. No one can say HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us for our looks. No one can say HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us because we were decorated. Yechezkel Novi says, Hashem, I found you out in the street. You were in the most disgusting, ugly, low position possible. And I took you to demonstrate that I love you as you are. Not because of your dressings, not because of your hairstyle, not because of your tzitzkis. I found you in Mem Teshari Tumen. And that was the first half of the Kedushin. And the Kedushin will be completed by us when we in our generations prove our Ratzin to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we take HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we accept the Kedushin, we accept our Torah, we accept our Hashem Yisbarach, and we love our Hashem Yisbarach not because of Kofalem HaKagigis, as Zidu explained, explain, where's the Harkegis today? Today you can live a life without a Kodesh Baruch Hu. You can have Parnosa and you can be a Tzaddik and you can be a Chodesh. You can be everything. You don't need a Kodesh Baruch Today there's no force and today there's no beauty, Chas Vishonim. When we were in Auschwitz, we didn't see the beauty of Hashem. And we proved that we want a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And here you have one big Maestri Kedush. And this is a small excerpt of what we had heard this afternoon. But I have a kasha, Rabbi Yisrael, this bothers me very much, the kasha. The kasha is, the Kedushin is 4,000 years old. Good. But the Rabbi Yisrael, is this the same people that started off and finished it off? I'm sorry, Rabbi Yisrael, the color changed in the middle. Of course, we called Am Yisrael. But what contact do we have the Am Yisrael of then? Is this the same Am Yisrael? As I said before, what contact do we have 
with that greatness, with that Kedushin. What contact do we have with 50 years ago? What contact do we have with 100 years ago? What contact do we have with 1,000 years ago? Now, of course, we're all Jewish people. But we have enough understanding to realize that the quality of the person and the essence of a person is not as outward looks, is not his eyes, his ears, and his nose. Rabbi Sai, don't we know, don't we know that the greatest liar, I think many of you, I'm sure this side of the Mechitza will agree, that the greatest liar that there is in existence is the camera. And the biggest lie that was ever said is the camera doesn't lie. Did you ever hear that expression, the camera doesn't lie? I want to tell you a little, a little, a story about a camera. I have a camera. I don't, have, I don't, I don't happen to have a camera. But let's say, I, let's say I have a camera. I want to tell you something that I said in Monty. There was a young man. His name is Nuss Inspector Zangdezunt. And he came here to make money for his yeshiva, Mayan in Beersheba. He has a cheder in Beersheba. And he has a program for, for, for Makarov. He has a yeshiva in the Beitzar, in the, in the prison of Beersheba. And he was here, he had a little parlor meeting in Mansi. I at that time was teaching in the Bezreel's yeshiva. Teaching or learning, I don't know what I was doing there. And I, he didn't even invite me to come speak. He didn't invite me to come speak. But I ran, I took a car, and I ran, and I said, I want to say a few words to the audience. And I walked in. I don't usually do that. But I did it then. I was mamish, I was mamish. I was pepped up. Because I live in Beersheba and I know what's going on in Beersheba. And I saw a video. A video of people sitting learning in prison. And the people sitting around the table learning. I said, Rabbi, I want to put you together two illustrations. I want to show you a picture of a man drinking a glass of soda. And here you have another picture of a man drinking a glass of soda. Two pictures. The same? The same. Let me tell you the story behind these pictures. The first picture I took on Rehob Herzl in Bnei Brak. There's a restaurant. I saw a fellow walk into the restaurant. He ordered the filter fish. They brought him the filter fish with tostafot, with charein. He ate a few pieces of bread. And then he ordered roast chicken. He roast chicken. He ordered a bottle of soda. Soda. Ordered dessert. After he finished, he was still thirsty. After such a meal, he could become thirsty. So he took a can of soda, and he spilled it in, and he drank it, and I caught a picture. That's the first picture. The second picture, and I caught a picture, now he drinks the soda. How someone hands, it, ha- hands him a glass of soda. Is that a chesed? Yeah, Ted mentioned before it's a chesed. Even in such a situation, it's a chesed. And I have another story. It's another picture. I was traveling on the way to Yerucham and this desert land there and I see a car broken down. And that place, you could have a car passing by once every six hours, once every eight hours. And there was a guy there and I saw he was fainting from thirst. And his car was broken down and he says, Give me something to drink. And I had a can of soda, and I put it in, and I gave it to him, and I snapped a picture. Two pictures. I'm asking you, is the camera a liar? Is the camera a liar? The camera doesn't lie. It's the same picture. How many worlds apart is this picture? I told these people, you're looking at a picture of people sitting and learning Torah? Do you know what it means to learn Torah in the prison of Beersheba? Do you know what Beersheba is? Can the video set take down what Beersheba is? What a desert it is! And these people aren't convicted for... I don't want to tell you what they're convicted for. It doesn't interest us at this moment. At this respectable gathering. And people 
turned over and learned Torah. And here we have a picture of people learning Torah. Does the camera lie? So we know, Rabbi Sai, that greatness is not something outward. And how do we come to the greatness of wants? What contact do we have to the fairest Israel? What contact do we have to our forefathers, Rabbi Sai? Can I illustrate to you, Rabbi Sai? And maybe I'm speaking to this side of the Mechitza, more than this side of the Mechitza. And I'll explain to you why. Can I illustrate to you the words of the Me'iri? Well, this side of the Mechitza knows better who the Me'iri was. The Me'iri was a Rishon. The Me'iri talks about Hasmada of learning. Hasmada of learning. We all know what a Masmid is. Learning with un, without interruptions. And the Me'iri says as follows. He says, Hatsarich Bahasmada, Pirish Zulas. He says, the importance of diligence of learning, I'd like to tell you in someone else's name, not, not my own name. In other words, he says, this is, this is a word which I heard. He says like this, Hasmada, he says, learning Torah is different than every other occupation. Every occupation, for instance, this is his motion. If you have to build a 10-story building, and it takes you, let's say, 10 months, the first month you built one story, the second month you built a second story, third month you built a third, fourth, every month you built one story. But learning doesn't work like that. When you learn Torah, he says, the first month, the first time you learn, you have one. The second time you double it. The third time he says you double it all. The fourth time you double it all. When it's a continuation, uninterrupted, it keeps on doubling all its power over and over again. I can I uh, can I? Uh, this, these are the words of the Miri. Excuse me if, I, if I'll explain this for a moment. Let me explain this for a moment. There's a very famous game called chess. Many of us heard of it, and many of us may know how to play it, but I'm saying it up. Terrible game because it's a beautiful game and it takes up your mind and it can take you away from the turn like, like nobody's business. So there's a famous story that the inventor of chess created this game for a king who his name happened to be Shach. His name was Chess. That was the name of the king. And when he finished the game, the king enjoyed the game and he said, tell me what is your schar? What can I give you? So he wanted to emphasize the beauty of the game that how many millions of moves you can put into this game. She so says, take the chessboard, the 64 squares. On the first square, put one little kernel of wheat. On the second square, put two. The third square, put four. And keep on doubling it. Now, I'm sure in this room there are mathematicians. But that king didn't have to be a mathematician. And he said, oh, you, you, you're laughing at me? You're making me laughing? Can you have a couple of, a pile of kernels? And they started making the cheshbon, and there wasn't enough wheat in the whole country to fill up this chessboard. If you make one, two, four, eight, sixteen, and you keep on going sixty-four squares, it turns into hundreds of millions. And the Meiri says as follows, when you learn uninterrupted, the first hour is an hour, and the second is two, and the third is four, and then it becomes eight, and then it becomes sixteen, and then it becomes... without an end. And why did I mention this out of the Mechitza? Maybe it's just a word of what it means to interrupt when someone is learning Torah. But that's not my discussion. And I want to tell you the same issue with davening. When someone gets the knack of davening, when you daven every once in a while, when you get, when you get a knack of davening and it becomes a habit, and it becomes part of you, it becomes unbelievably great. It doesn't become one hour and one fifteen minutes and one twenty minutes. It becomes millions and billions. And here the Vilna Goyen said, I'm not going to the Bekiva, I'm not going to Rashi. And the Vilna Goyen said, Bitalti, before he died, he cried to Hashem, he says, Bitalti, Rigoyim, Metalmatayim. Through my life, seconds, there were seconds in my life that I stopped learning. 
And we heard from the Baron Kotler of Kabbalah that the Baron Kotler says, not Chasvashov, he was Vagul Torah. But he didn't learn Torah these seconds through his life with all the diligence, with all the greatness that he could learn. So now let's make a cheshbon. How, what contact do we have with 300 years ago? With this greatness. Of course people are going to sat by a Gemara, and we sat by a Gemara. And the question is, if it's one chuppah, started from Dora Midbor, and finishing with Aniha Cotton, didn't the color change in the middle? Is it the same color? That is the question I'm posing today. And the answer is as follows. I'll tell you a little mushal. It's not exact mushal, but again, I'll tell you a word that I said by a Sheva Today is going Sheva Brachos, I don't know why. Maybe it's a school for a lot of good simchas, Bezer Hashem. From this seminar. Bezer Hashem, but a lot of simchas. I asked, I posed a question by a Sheva and I posed the question as follows. I said, Rabbi, you have three questions to ask. All based on one Gemara. The Gemara says, if someone is out on, on the beach, and he has a little diamond, and he loses it, loses it in the sand. In English we call it a needle in the haystack. And in Hebrew we call it a diamond in the sand. The Gemara says, if you find a diamond, you can keep it. Why? Because he gave up on Yush. And the Gemara says, if you see him taking the sand and, and putting it through a sieve, it's just he's so, he's so, it hurts him to such an extent that he's trying the last straw. But actually he gave up on it. Because you cannot find a little diamond on the seashore. And I have three kashas, Rabbi said. The first kasha is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me, told me, that we have to find our Torah. Now, the Torah is a diamond. And we live in a world of so much trash, so much sand, so many false ideas. How can we find the truth of the Torah? On this ocean of sand, an ocean of trash. I think we should give up. That was the first question. The second question was, Hashem's diamond is the Jewish people. They got lost. And the Gemara says, Hashem keeps the Torah, when you lose a diamond in the sand, forget about it. And the Gemara says, when, 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 when Sancher came, they came, the Goyim are like the sand of the sea. And the little Jew is lost between them. Why does not Kodesh Bocha give up on them? And the third question was relevant to the Sherev Rochus. And the question was, the Kala is the Chassan's diamond. And she was lost between a sea of Shiduchim, as is appropriate in our generation. And how did he find his diamond out of all, this, out of all the sands of the world? Three questions that I posed. And the, question, the answer that I gave was as follows. If you have a claim of diamond and you lose it on the seashore, you can give up on it. But if you took a little, a little string, a little string, you know how long the string can be? It can be long as the goes. And you tied it to the diamond and you tied it to your little finger. And you lose the diamond. All of a sudden the diamond falls out and you go and you go and you go miles away and you realize the diamond's out of your, out of your pocket. And you have an ocean of sand to look. Don't give up. You'll find it. Trace it back until you get it. Because it's still attached. If it's attached, you'll get it back. It doesn't have to be in your pocket. But if there is a, a, a thin line of attachment, a thin line of attachment, you'll find it again. And I answer three questions. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a Torah, and many of us lost the Torah. Many of us lost a Torah within an ocean, within a sea of trash. But every Jewish heart is some way attached to his neshama, to his Torah. And if he makes his mind to follow his way back, he'll find his way back and find his Torah and find the truth. And the same is true with the Chosn Kala, and the same is true with Kodesh Baruch with his Jewish people. Now, Rabbi say. What I would like to suggest today is as follows. 
between us and previous generation. There are worlds of difference. But there is a thin line, a thin line that ties us together. And once we are tied together by thin line, it's one color. We're together. And do you know what this line is? What ties us to Teferis Yisrael? To the greatness and the beauty of previous generations? Do you know what ties us? The yearning, the pain that we are missing that greatness. If you yearn for something, it's impossible for you to yearn for something which you have no contact with. Devanezer says, on the Sakhboy, Devanezer says, he says, a kafri, a kafri means a son of He doesn't turn over at night and hoping for the king's daughter. Because, what are you talking? It's impossible. You don't yearn for something which you lose contact with. And this is what Rabbi I want to explain to you. Do you know why Tisha B'Av is not any less important then Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Pesach and Shavuos and Sukkot. Our very existence is depending on Tisha B'Av. Because actually, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's people were the people of the Beis HaMikdash. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's people were in Harsinai with that greatness. If we can sit on the floor and yearn and hope for that greatness, we are attached, we have a Shaykhis, and we'll be there. But if our eyes dried, we don't yearn for that greatness. We forget that greatness. Then there's a terrible danger that some way this thin string was severe. Rabbi Sai, there's a famous story that Plato, Plato, famous Plato, the Greek philosopher, met Yermio Hanovi. And said, Yermiyahu, you, you great, great wise scholar, why do you cry in the base of Migdash? Don't you know you're not supposed to cry on something which happened? It's lost, it was burnt. It's a whole story, I don't want to elaborate on it. And Yermiyahu said, on this question I can't explain it. But the truth is, he couldn't explain it because he's a guy, because he doesn't know how to bring things back in reverse. But we know, Mi'iten Roshi Mayim, our yearning to base on Migdash, what brings back base on Migdash. And Chazal tell us the secret why we cry in the Beis HaMikdash. There's a very deep secret why we cry in the Beis HaMikdash. Why didn't we forget the Beis HaMikdash? Why didn't we forget the great beauty of the Jewish people? And the Pasuk says, Bochoy Sivke Balaylo. Bochoy Sivke, there's two cries. And the Chazal said that it's a nature that when one person cries, the other person cries in contact with him. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyochul Boyeche Bochesifki means Hashem is crying and we are crying. And why is Hashem crying? Hashem is not crying, excuse me, out of pain, out of anguish, maybe, also, yes, but more important, Hashem is crying to keep up the contact. I'm yearning for you. I'm hoping for you. I didn't give up on you. I didn't forget about you. I didn't lose you. One of the terrible mistakes we make, Rabbi Sai, and one of the most beautiful light moments of your Tisha B'Av, we think that Kaddish Baruch Hu forgot us Yes, in our generation, we have heartache and we think Hashem gave up on us and I'm so low and I'm so etc, 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 etc. And one beautiful day comes and we remind ourselves Hashem is crying for you and hoping for you and waiting for you and has contact with you, and this little string did not become severe. And we feel this cry, and we cry also. And that is what keeps us together, and if it wouldn't be for your tissue, where would it be?
that we lose contact with everything. And that's what makes it all one. One chuppet. Why is it all one chuppet? Because there is a contact. What is the contact? The contact of Tisha B'Av. Of course we don't have previous greatness. But we can hope for previous greatness. We don't have that way of living. We can yearn for their way of living. This hope, this yearn, is what keeps us together. And in this light, permit me to review again the beautiful words of the Sefi Yitzhiri. And he tells us, start off with Esther's Fierce Belima, which we don't have any idea what it's talking about. And he says these words. Tzipiyosom kemari habozok. Our hope is for that lightning. We don't even see the sun. But we still see far away a lightning. V'tachlisom ein lohem kates. There is no end how far that lightning reaches. Even our generation, that flesh, that flesh reached our hearts. This tzipio that we have, this hope and this yearn, that lightning, we lost the sun. We're in a forest and it's rainy. Rainy, that's a bad word. We're in a fallout. We're in a fallout. There's an atomic fallout and there's a trash fallout, excuse the expression. We're in a fallout of schmutz, of goyishkeit. All of us. Our kitchens, our bedrooms, our neighbors. This is a, we live in a generation of fallout. And it's dark, there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no stars. But there's a lightning. A lightning, Kishibam is a lightning. In the middle of the darkness, that we yearn for that greatness, for that beauty that we once had. That kiss, Yishuk Kainim and Yishikai Spiel. When again do we have that kiss? Ani Hashem Alekechem. Betachli Sam Eilehem Kates. And that lightning reaches unboundless, even to our lowness. There's no end to where it reaches. And HaKadosh Baruch gives us moments of light. We fall back into darkness, moments of light. And what do we do? We have to become excited like a storm. And reach His holy throne and fall at our faces. And I'm going to end with something as simple. <coughs> fall at our faces. In another, an appreciation. And more important. To put our concentration on His throne. We, Baruch Hashem, was zeichet to see a lightning. And what do we do? What do we do? We look here, we look there. Excuse me, Rabbi Sai. Excuse my marshal. I asked a thousand mechilas. I'm sitting here, in, I'm standing here in front of a, a kehila of Kedosh Israel. Excuse my marshal. We, we, are, you know what we're like? Excuse my marshal. Imagine a chosen. Imagine a chosen. Walking to the Badekum. We all saw a chassan walking to the Badekum. And here is Achasi, Yainosi, Tamosi, Kmaikala, Mukushetis. And as the Posit, Kala, Beinosel, Muvoyislo, the Kala surrounded by her friends. And this, excuse the expression, this low chassan, you know what he's doing? He's looking at the girls. Very disgusting. We have our Kodesh Baruch Hu. We have a flash of lightning. 
And here we have a magazine, we have a television, we have a radio. We're in the middle of a chasna, Rabbi We're in the middle of a chasna. It's a 4,000 years condition. And we're standing under the chuppah. We're standing under the chuppah, Rabbi We're in the middle of the chasna. And we see flashes of Hashem Yisbarach. Flashes of His Kedusha. And within us flashes of love and of, and of, and of, and of yearning. And Tishri is a wonderful day of light. It gives us a flash of wants, of wants of the original beauty. Of the beauty of wants. Of that kiss on Har Sinai. And the Vilagoyan says such beautiful words. Why does it say Yishakainim and Yishik Kois Piyu? Why are there two kisses? What are two kisses? And the Goyan says when there's a kiss, when, when a couple kiss each other, he kisses his wife for two reasons. First, because of the contact between them, and second of all, because she doesn't have contact with anybody else. Onoichi Hashem Elokecha is only one kiss. Lo yilecholehim acherem alponai. The kiss has to be a double kiss. Onoichi Hashem Elokecha is only a half a chotidover, and a chotidover is not worth anything. Lo yilecholehim acherem alponai. Achasi yoynosi tamosi. One is my dove, my beautiful, my complete one. One. And this flash, and again, it's a flash that we, we remember the Tiferes Yisrael. We're in the middle of the chuppah, it's uninterrupted. And on Tishabov is the day when we remember that we have our chasm waiting for us. And we see a flash of his beauty and a flash of his yearning. And we hear him crying. And we're still under the chuppah. V'tachlisam e'lehem soif. E'lehem kates. That flesh reaches every Jewish heart. That wants to let the flesh into the heart. That is not busy looking around. Reach his throne, Hamish Tachavim. Rabbi Sai, the dodge, we didn't come to dodge the time to dance yet. <coughs> Reach his throne, we can't dance yet. We can't make a suda. One day Tisha will be a chasen, it will be a suda. Today we cannot dance, we cannot sing. But we can't fall on our faces. We can't control our our look, our tzipia, our hopes, our inspirations to that bozok, to that lightning, to that beauty, to that greatness. And the Bazil Zangazun made such beautiful suggestions. I would like to just emphasize on one of them. The Bazil told us, he said, try for 40 days. For 40 days. The name 40 days, he says, he got from the Rambam. 40 days to cut off contact with all secular, worldly media, radio, Television, books. You want to listen to Marcha Ben David? Just your father. As long as he's sitting and singing Jewish words. What does this mean? What is this suggestion? I would like to interpret this suggestion. Again, I ask, I ask Machila from this wonderful audience. Wonderful, I don't mean that you're listening to my speech. 
which makes you very nice. I appreciate it. But wonderful, I mean, in Godless and in Kedusha, that I use such simple language. But maybe simple language, you know, sometimes gives you a, a shot in the head. It's something which is very accustomed in America, in American language. When a couple gets married, they have a honeymoon. A honeymoon is, go away for a week's time. Go away for a few weeks. And get to know each other. That's what a honeymoon is. Get to know each other. Because if you go back to your business, you understand that you're... And this was a beautiful suggestion. And it's a suggestion appropriate for Tishabu. Because when we sat here for three days, and the, and, the, and the subject that was discussed was one and only. Find ourselves and find our Hashem is Baruch and it's one and the same. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in the Shemasen Shei Yisrael. And Torah has a beautiful impact. And for many of us sitting here, we saw lightning. I don't know if anybody saw the sun open for them. But we saw lightning. We looked far away, we saw a lightning of original beauty. Of how beautiful Torah is and how beautiful I can be. Can I ask a very, very, very practical question? If any of the guests here, that when the seminar the first time, ever sit for three days straight, every day, eight hours, listen to the Torah? Did you know you can do it? Isn't that a surprise? You know, you sat all together 25 hours. I don't know who fooled you into it. <laughs> and all of a sudden I say, I could love Torah, I could love Hashkotha, and I could, I could listen to Torah, and Torah is beautiful, and I am beautiful. And my Neshama cries for Torah. And my Neshama becomes off guard from Torah. And we see a flash. And I can regain my contact with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now let's make a honeymoon. Forty days, you and Hashem. Get all that trash out of your house. Just forty days. Just, just, you know, just to get to know each other. Get to know how beautiful you can be. Get to know how beautiful you can appreciate her. come to this Tisha we remind ourselves and we cry we yearn for that ear for that city for that beauty for that greatness and we realize that we have a part in that greatness we are not cut off from that greatness that greatness is looking for us and we are looking for that greatness there is a small, of course, a small little thread of contact, but there is a contact. Let us not lose this wonderful day. That's a peer, that far away look that gives a lightning into our lives. And it ends without its, its boundaries are endless, even to my, to me, <coughs> even to us. Of course, of course, it comes in flashes. Of course, I'm not going to be the way I am now, steady. But run after it like a storm. Keep on generating. And you will reach His throne. Hey, Mishkachavim. Let us bow down. Let us give us give away something from our own. That's what Ishtachavoya is. Hashem is our king. Of course it's not easy. It's an operation. It's an operation. It's to cut off a piece of us. But we see, we see a lightning. We see a beauty. Let us bow down to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. 
And let us concentrate on His greatness. Let us concentrate on the beauty of once. Let us yearn for the beauty of once. And bring a piece of lightning to our life. We have to keep a contact. This cleanliness of our homes. This cleanliness of our homes, Be'ezer Hashem. This will be the contact. This will be the little chut, the little kesher, that will bring us back to the great, great days of Teferis Yisrael. And Kaddish Baruch should help us that all of us will be the Kalpani Mashiach.